The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County. Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Oh, Lloyd, I'm very excited because our re- we're going to be talking about relationships, but we're going to be talking about a much higher level of relationships. And I've been reading this book that I'm just about done with. It's called Evolutionary Relationships, Unleashing the Power of Mutual Awakening. And this is by Patricia Albert. And I want to tell you that there's a wonderful testimonial by Barbara Marks Hubbard that I'd like to read before I tell you a little bit more about our wonderful guest. Evolutionary relationships is a vital, indeed magnificent contribution to our conscious evolution. Evolution can be understood as a 13.8 billion year labor of love to create beings who embody love. Yet relating to each other is so challenging that often our yearning to love one another is aborted. Patricia Albert takes us by the hand and guides us through the transformative power of relating with wisdom and gentle brilliance. It's a major work and essential reading for all of us now. And you may remember that Barbara Marks Hubbard is author of Conscious Evolution, Emergence, the shift from ego to essence, and the hunger of Eve. So let me tell you a little bit about Patricia before we start. Patricia Albert is an internationally known contemporary spiritual teacher and author of this new book that I just told you about, Evolutionary Relationships, Unleashing the Power of Mutual Awakening. And she is also the founder and director of the Evolutionary Collective, and she's worked with over 200,000 people and groups in the last 40 years, exploring a whole new field of intersubjective awakening and post-personal development. So I think it's very important that you go to her website, evolutionarycollective.com, and also take a look at this wonderful book, which we're going to be talking about just now. And I also am just thrilled because, as many of you know, my co-author, Leonard Simchak, is part of this evolutionary collective and is so excited about what he's learning and experiencing. So I am getting vicarious thrills because I'm doing these exercises with him, and I am so excited to attend her book launch that's coming up and just be part of this wonderful wonderful evolutionary development. So with that, I want to just thank you so much for joining us. It's just wonderful to have you, Patricia. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here and especially excited to talk to you because you're so deeply inside this already. So, yes. Um, yes. So fun. 
I'm already a convert. <laughs> You're already inside whatever this is, right? Yeah. Right. So let's first talk a little bit about the book. What inspired you to write this book? It's your first, right? Yeah. Um, well, truthfully, I'm, I've been teaching for more than 40 years. I mean, I've never done anything but. And um, I'm super comfortable in that domain, you know, like teaching. I've spoken in front of, you know, thousands of people and um, created, you know, programs that last for a week. Writing is different. Yes. It's really different. There are authors that are brilliant at, at writing, and actually they, they aren't necessarily great teachers. Right. And everybody thinks just because you can write a brilliant book, it means that you can, you can you know, take people through into what you're pointing to. And um, not all teachers are writers. Right. So for me, I kind of had to be forced into it. Um, I feel that the consciousness that, that we're bringing forth, like about six years ago, it became really clear that it was important to get the message out that there is a different level of relating and there's a different quality of consciousness that's coming into existence. And, you know, artifacts called books are one of the ways that you not only get it out there, but then it's, it's in the, the culture. You know, there's a way that people can relate to it, which is different than getting them in front of you to teach. Right. So, but, but it's wonderful, both of those. Me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I can really relate. I started out as a high school teacher and ended up being a professor and a law professor, and then I do trainings for people as well. So mm. I think it's the most incredible career to be, because we always learn as we teach, too. Yeah. And, um, and writing a book is another way to learn and another way to teach. So I'm sure you're going to have more books. And, and if you... You know how I see it is if I do it like I like I speak when I'm teaching, I think it comes across very um, very personal and connected. And I think your book really brought me in as well, and it does mm. talk to me. Thank you. So I think I think you're teaching you're teaching me. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got through the and I, I wrote poetry and stuff when I was younger, so I, it wasn't that. The written word was completely foreign, but it, but it right. takes a lot of discipline to sit and write. Yes, so, especially because um, when you're teaching a class or you're teaching a group of people, you have that interaction, you have that feedback, yeah, and you don't have there, that. Right? Yeah, yeah, you, you almost have to imagine that you've got them, ta- that you're talking to them. That helped me. Because yeah. I, I, I only write nonfiction myself. Right. And so if I'm thinking about, well, I'm, I have these people in the audience, you know. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. So let's explain what is an evolutionary relationship. So the an evolutionary relationship is a different order of relating. Um, all relationships, you know, sometimes people think if you point to uh, like the high possibility of something that that invalidates all the other you know, ways of relating, and it doesn't. You know, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of ways that we need to, to be related to one another. But I'm pointing to a place that, you know, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, it's, it's at the top of his mm-hmm. pyramid. And the top of his pyramid is not actually being someone who is actualized. So, you know, as you go up the levels, it's, um, you know, basic needs, 
is at the bottom, safety, uh, belonging, uh, esteem, and and then actualization. So, you know, when, when people are in relationships from a place of, let's say, um, esteem, you know, your relationship has a lot to do with, you know, seeing each other, um, valuing the other person, um, being kind of reinforced to right. some degree, you know, being right. seen as attractive or desirable or, you know, the various things, and obviously having your physical, you know, affection, helping, sure. you know, all that stuff and belonging and feeling safe with them. And um, when you get up to actualization, it becomes more of an expression of a kind of fullness. So rather than a deficiency, you know, under actualization mostly, we're together partly because we need the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, we need something from them. Um, and when you get up to actualization, you know, it's not that you don't, we don't need each other, but you're more full. You know, there's more mm-hmm. of a place of fullness and, and a place of wanting to give from right. that place of fullness. Um, the transcenders, you know, which is right at the, at the top of the pyramid, which isn't the place that everybody goes, but he pointed to the transcenders, and transcenders are not only you know, actualized at least to a large degree, not, not everywhere. You know, we're still very human, all of us. But they're curious about um, the more spiritual dimensions of things. You know, they mm-hmm. want to experience things that transcend just normal success or, you know, loving each other, feeling good. Um, you know, they're curious about what else is possible. Right. Up to and the they higher. have a high tolerance for intensity and for um, transcendent experiences and intimacy and and a lot of things. So Mm. the evolutionary relationship is sort of pointing to how do you enter into um, a relationship that is really coming from there. Right, from that genuine higher self. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you, and it can be a friend, you know, it doesn't have to be a love relationship, you know, it can be... Um, like you and Leonard, you know, yeah. you have, uh, I would say, an evolutionary relationship. You know, you're not, you're not lovers, you know, in relationship, no. but no. you have a pretty extraordinary place where, you know, when you do the practices, you know, you're meeting at a very, very deep place. Yeah. And you're creative. We always laugh. And you're contributing that... and laughing. And, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it's pretty, you know, it's a profound um place to at least put on the menu, because I think a lot of times as human beings, we don't have certain, we're not even asking, could we have something? Mm. You know, we're just kind of like going along and, I don't know, just thinking, you know, certain things are just, you know, that's what's available. And part of what I I think I'm writing in the book and and the way that I work with people is... the way I see it, it's never-ending. I mean, what's possible is so vast. Mm. And especially with love, you know, I think that what we see as possible is just nothing. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's so, like, you know, I had a, an extraordinary experience of love um, with a man who, is, who, who died uh, mm. about 20 years ago, and it was so off the charts. I mean, it was so, like, every day with him, was so intense and so like we were inside a different quality of consciousness that mm-hmm. was undoing us and showing us things. And I mean, there were t- there was a time one time we were in New York and 
we were together and we'd made love, you know, we were making love, but making love, it wasn't even like sex. I don't know what we were doing, but it was mm. something, it was something else. And it was so beautiful. And it was like we were somewhere else. And I remember walking out on the streets to go get coffee or something. And I, I wanted to like run up to people and go, do you have any idea? You know, <laughs> I feel like a crazy person. Like, do you yeah. have any idea how exquisite, how profound, how beautiful mm. it can be. Yeah. It was way beyond romantic love. I mean, it was some, it was a, of another order. That and, total um, connection soul to soul. Yeah. And then some, you know, we kept being <laughs> taken beyond anything. I, you know, and I've got a big imagination. Mm. Um, it was extraordinary. I mean, it really, really was, um, have you been, so, Patricia, yeah. have you been able to connect with him on the other side? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, he's very much part of this. Um, Maybe so, he's yeah, giving you yeah. some direction from the other side, too. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, love, love is stronger than death. I mean, it right. really, um, real love, when it's real, mm. it's, you know, till death do us part is not big enough. Hmm. Right. Right. It really isn't. I mean, it's like that. Just looks like what? <laughs> you know, like just this lifetime. I don't think so. I mean, it's so much bigger than that. So, so. when we talk about, you know, you're a spiritual teacher, and mm-hmm. I've been in unity and science and mind for many, many, many years, and I'm, you know, on this path of constantly yeah. wanting to get close to to my highest consciousness and spirituality. And I've been a meditator for 30 years, all these things that, you know, I am trying to evolve. And I guess I am evolving. (laughs) Do or do not, there is no try, right? Yeah. (laughs) But um, so how does mutual awakening really differ from other types of spiritual practice where you're just connecting to your higher power or God? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, perfect question. Um, what? So I'll give you a, a, a little bigger answer, um, maybe then, you know, than what would normally be seen as the right answer to that question. Um, the epoch where religions began, which was about five thousand years ago, mm-hmm. was a movement in consciousness for humanity that has been a very big one. Um, and it, it allowed us to begin to become, you know, m- more than just, you can think 5,000 years ago, you know, people were raping and pillaging. And, you know, I mean, it, it was a very different consciousness in mm-hmm. humans. And, you know, we began to reach for something higher. And we were also very herd-like. You know, our level of individuality, which we take for granted, has been earned. Mm. I mean, extraordinarily. So we've had 5,000 years of lifting, of raising up, um, becoming less animal-like, and more, you know, reaching to God, you know, reaching to the divine, reaching to, you know, whatever your way of... Um, putting that is and mm-hmm. and 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 purifying and elevating you know who we are and our integrity and our 
you know, way of seeing one another and ourselves and meditating and calming ourselves down. And, you know, so there's been a whole lot of work. And then with the, you know, all the Industrial Revolution and then Freud and, you know, for you and I, um, the last 40 or 50 years, you know, the ridiculous amount of opportunity to to develop our interior mm-hmm. has been extraordinary. You know, our subjective world where we know ourselves and can feel ourselves and listen to something deeper and know the nuances of how our body feels and, you know, our subtle energies and all of those things are, is, you know, there are young people now. Um, I know I met somebody who, his daughter went to Naropa and I just thought, oh my God, you know, in 1971 when I was 18 and I met Werner Erhardt who created the landmark you know, all that, that work, you know, there was nothing, there was, you know, there was almost nothing happening mm-hmm. back then. You know, if you, if you spoke to someone and talked about transformation, they thought butterflies, you know, they didn't yeah. think, they didn't think humans transforming. So, yeah. so this individuation has been really intensifying, especially, you know, you and I in the last 30, 40 years, it's been you know, on steroids. I mean, people do yoga and, you know, people have really worked on themselves individually. And so with the number of, I assert that we are at the crossroads of the next epoch. Mm. So it's a big deal. It's like a 5,000 year shift. Mm. And with 7.5 billion people and we're headed to nine and to 10, you know, I mean, we are, accelerating in our, the numbers of people, you know, that are on this planet. And, you know, a bunch of individuals, even enlightened ones, even beautiful, peaceful, pure ones, is not enough. Right. right. Even if, you know, I mean, and we certainly don't have that. You know, we don't have, you know, 7.5 billion people who are fully awake. And, right, right. You know, um, <laughs> So the next um, place where evolution is waking up and developing is in human consciousness, but it's not an individual consciousness. It's, in the discover- it's going to be in the discovery of shared consciousness. And you know, that I think about that, and as I've been reading your book, I, it really relates to those of us who are mediators, who I don't litigate anymore, I haven't litigated and you know, like 18 years, and for those of us trying to bring that oneness, that oneness, that that consciousness of compassion for each other, and that consciousness of really understanding at a higher level and a deeper level. And, um, and it just, sometimes I'm in yeah. there and I'm just thinking to myself, you don't get it, guys. <laughs> you know, you right. just don't get it. And, you know, I can't say that. I just have to, like, if things get crazy, I ring my Asian bell and everybody stops talking because that's the rule. <laughs> but that's it's funny. like, yeah, and I keep thinking, am I, am I, am I in the right place? And, you know, I think that that's a way I can bring people to higher consciousness and resolving their disputes. But then I think... You know, if they're not, they have to be ready. And some are ready and some are not. And most are not, especially when they're in that, you know, fight or flight 
their amygdala mm-hmm. brain. You know, they're 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 not in their you know their compassionate brain, their higher conscious. They're they're in their amygdala, their primitive brain, their reptilian mm-hmm. brain, and it's right. you know. But that's what you know. It it reminds me, you know, from where I'm coming from, that when you get to this evolutionary relationship, then it's going to be easier to resolve issues of discord. Oh, for sure. I mean, the thing that I see, um, and and you know, because you've done the mutual awakening practice with Leonard and, you know, had some experience of the the shared practice that we do. So rather than closing your eyes and being by yourself and meditating, you open your eyes. Right. That and shared you're with meditation. Each other and yeah. you're actually opening to a deeper um, causal consciousness, like a much deeper consciousness. It's not just about two people sharing their, you know, subjective experience of themselves. You know, it's 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 much deeper than that. But the thing that um, I see is that, number one, um, and this is the experience that we're having in the Yavoshe Collective, there's work, you know, I do I do virtual things that, that don't require um, the kind of commitment that the Evolutionary Collective does, but there's a very committed group of 100 or so people um, from around the world who are working with me and kind of in the midst of the experiment. And what we're finding, what I find, you know, because it's been so long at this point, is I don't feel alone. Mm. And it's not just because of those particular people, but the consciousness that I'm I'm living in, that I'm waking up in, that I'm I'm sensing myself as mm. is absolutely interconnected with them and there's a there's a sense for them too. Like humans are always gonna have fear if we if we if we think we're a separate something on the planet trying to survive. Right. And there's something about, like, and we watch it, you know, with the hurricanes and all the various things that, you know, continue to happen in our world, is even when it's awful, like, somehow when we're together, it's okay. Right. I don't know what that is, but consciousness is designed for love. Mm -hmm. And when we really go to the deepest place, so, you know, there's you as a body, you know, that's your physical sense of self, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're over there and I'm up here in Berkeley and, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, the bodies are separate. Right. Then you can go to the subtle sense of self, which is the emotional, mental, um, sense of self, energetic sense of self, right? Mm -hmm. You know, one Mm -hmm. would call that the soul. And, you know, that's, and and your feelings and your, you know, your goals and ideals for your life. And, you know, so that's a certain sense of you as well and me, but Mm -hmm. that's still separate. Right. And the deeper place where, where that we've discovered, you know, that we can reliably give people access to is this causal dimension of self which I call the origination point, which is, it's like, um, and it doesn't make any sense when I talk about it, but when people actually, when you push them into the exercise, you kind of go, here, come from here and do this, and then they're kind of going, huh, what? But then when they do it, they find it. Yeah. yeah. You know, they kind of go, oh, you know, and they, and they, they realize it's there. And the origination point is this kind of opening unique opening that you are. So it's not solid, 
but it's very particular. You know, I mean, the particularity of your origination point is much deeper. It's like the people who really love you, like deeply, they connect with your origination point. It's not that you're nice and you're helpful and, you know, all the different things that they might appreciate. It's something deeper and more eternal. Yeah. And when we connect there, so when I show people how to practice by connecting origination point center to center, mm. it's like two fragrances can merge. Mm. And you're yourself, but at the same time, you feel the other as they feel themselves. And then there's something bigger that shows up, which is the we. And, you know, the, the golden rule has a chance there. Yeah. I don't think we're ever going to be as nice to each other as we're supposed to be as long as we feel separate. But if I feel you, you know, mm-hmm. if I can actually feel you as you feel and sense the emergence of, of life in that moment, I can't do certain things that I could do if you're really separate. I know, you know how Leonard explained how he's been feeling. I mean, he's been euphoric, which I love that. I just get <laughs> vicarious to Phil's because he's doing it like, I don't know, four times a day. Yeah, I know. Know. <laughs> I know. He's, he's really jumped. carried away. He, he is. He is. <laughs> it's, it's cute. I laugh. But, um, but how he explained it to me, you'll get a kick out of this. One thing he said is, and I could understand it because I do it with him. He says, it's like a mutual meditation, mm-hmm. you know? You, yeah. you know how your thoughts kind of come and go when you're meditating. It's like a mutual meditation. And then as he explained it more about how he was feeling love, it reminded me of, you know, back in the 60s when people did, I don't know what they call it now, but it was MDA, you know, where people would just love you at the deepest level. <laughs> and, and I said, it's like taking a love drug. Yeah, and when I told him that from what he told me, I said, "God, that's what it reminds me of back in the '60s," and and then I wasn't the only one who told him that. His another friend of his told him the same thing, and we <laughs> laughed. I said, "Oh, how nice that is to get to that point without a drug, <laughs> right?" It's, it's pretty amazing when we're yeah. when we're together physically, so that within the evolutionary collective, people meet three times a year. Um, in person for three days, right? right? right, right. And people fly in from, I mean, there's a woman who flies in from Japan. Wow. You know, to California. It's pretty amazing in Australia and stuff. So anyway, we get together and we've been working, you know, we're practicing and we're, you know, they're they're every other week there's a class online. And um, so we're close, you know, there's a, there's a deep bond and connection. But by the second day, it's crazy. It is like it's like you you are on drugs. Right. Only it's this. It well, feels, our body, our our brain makes drugs, right? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's it's, the, it's yeah. You feel the sense of love and consciousness. Like that was mm. where Peter and I would go. Mm. But now there's like a hundred people. It's crazy. I mean, and I know like why I started this work was because I had four years of being with him, and then he died. Right. And I was left, you know, crashingly, um, Mm. you know, alone. And we had been so inside and with each other in a way that was so profoundly beautiful. And it was like home. Like I thought, I'm now finally home. And so So now we have that with the hundred. And, you know, and this next year, I'm sure it'll be 
probably 150 to 200, you know, that we're building this yes. larger vehicle of consciousness, basically, because I really do believe that evolution wants what we're doing. Like, we're doing a very sort of extreme version of what's possible for humans. But maybe it's time for that extreme. Well, you know? we have to. You I mean, and to. these are all people that have big lives and, you know, they're busy. And, you know, I mean, it's not like this is the only thing we're doing. Right, right. Um, but the, the grooves of consciousness need to get laid down so that humans can find this. And then within that, you know, what I'm seeing as a teacher, because I've, as you, you know, I've, as you said, I, I've worked with, you know, tens of thousands of people, you know, on their individual awakening and on their, you know, personal transformation. I've spent, you know, my life in that domain up until 10 years ago. And what I'm seeing is that the people who are really engaging in this mutual awakening and in the practices and stuff like that, they're, and they're paying less attention to it's all about me. Right. You know, me and my issues, me and my higher purpose, me and my everything, is it's interesting how empowered all of those things are way better than anything that they could have done by paying attention directly. Patricia, that is a perfect way to end. We are out of time. Oh, no. And we, we could have gone for hours. I, I wanted to have a chance to talk about those eight steps, you know. The that, principles, yeah. Yeah, the eight principles, and I kind of see them as steps, too. But anyway, I want to say the name of your book again, Evolutionary Relationships, Unleashing the Power of Mutual Awakening. Patricia Albert, just give your website, and we got to go, okay? Okay, they can download three free chapters. All okay. they have to do is go to evolutionarycollective.com, and it's right there. Okay, well, we will... Definitely stay in touch, and yeah. congratulations on your book. It's wonderful, Thank and you. keep up that wonderful work. You're going to be a guru for millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Okay, thank you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.